0: Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. An exciting day at St. Patrick's Day Parade. Vexing, grievous. Ditto. It was pretty vexing, wasn't it? Yes, sir. <laughs> Amen. You know, I looked down at Brother Britt while I was preaching there. Parade. just checking on Papa Bear there, you know. Kind of sitting in that chair, you know, and he was kind of looking down. But I, I kind of knew what he was feeling, you know. What a pig's die. A junkyard. And men have made it that way. And I kind of felt what he felt there. For a minute, too, because you're speaking into that, and it's just so, it's just terrible. It ought to be terrible to you, you you know, anything but that. But we appreciate you folks here and uh, love y'all. Can continue to pray for the Ukraine and, uh, All that's going on in our world, amen. Time is short. Satan knows that. Um, So he's on a rampage. Praise God. Trust you've received something during the week here, I hope. Amen. And uh, thanks for helping us to go out there. We appreciate your support. And um, while you all were singing... I uh, try to get the mind of God, you know, prior to any preaching. You know, if it's three or four nights or whatever, most of the time I'm itinerating anyways. But, uh, but you know, I it seemed like this message came to me first, and I was to preach it last. So, here we are. Amen. The end is contained in the beginning. So, Amen. So we're thankful. We pray that you really have. And we're to make our calling and election sure. We're to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling, the Bible says. And we are to be fully persuaded. Amen. And we're to persuade men because the terror of the Lord, we know that. So uh, every one of us is going to give an account of our lives, of ourself to God. So that motivates us. That should... Push us on, you know, and knowing that is going to happen. So, so here this morning we appreciate just thank you for the meals, everything, the hospitality, and our sister Jill. I was just kidding about the, I I was picking at it, you know. They don't even feed me over there, you know. And I just, I was messing around, and uh, that that's just a joke there. But uh, they've cooked, and I just try to, you know, skip some meals and all, but appreciate the hospitality thank you very much for the upper room amen praise God all right we're well, we're going to get right into it here um God will help us we're reading in revelation chapter twenty two and the song service has really gone along with all of this I didn't tell anybody anything and they didn't tell me anything so I just we're just going to pray the Lord will help us here and I could just get out of the way here and he'll have his way. Chapter number 22 and verse number 5. And there shall be no night there, and they need no candle, neither light of the sun. For the Lord giveth them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. And he said unto me, These sayings are faithful and true, and the Lord God... The holy prophets sent his angels to shew unto his servants the things which must shortly be done. Over in um, John chapter number 14, the gospel of John 14, verse 1 through 3, will be done. Reading here. Thank God for his word. Amen. Let not your heart be troubled, you believe also. Amen. Father, we thank you for the word of the Lord here. Once again, we're asking you, Lord, to just let all of this resonate within our hearts. Oh God, let it really quicken us and crystallize in us, Lord, and become just a great reality to us, Lord. We thank you for the word that is the word of God that is God eternal, and that word that you put even above your name. We thank you, Jesus, for this word, O oh God, that is sharp and quick than any two-edged sword. Pierce into our souls and our minds and our hearts here once again, and we thank you for this, and we do bind the devil, we plead your blood over all here and over these situations, again, in Poland, the Ukraine, and God, this world, in America, for these souls that were out there yesterday, God. have mercy you're willing, none perish, but all come to repentance. In Christ's name we pray, amen. And everybody said, amen. 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 Praise God. You know, the word heaven is in the Bible a um, hundred times. And 44 of the 66 books that we have, it's in there. That's a pretty good number. And... um we know Jesus spoke more of judgment, wrath, and hell in the Gospels. We understand that. Twelve or thirteen times more, I think it was, the next number of verses. But um, heaven is in there too, isn't it? Amen. I'm glad it's there. Amen. Appreciate the Lord. Amen. Preparing a place. Amen. Um, Judy Garland was an actor back years ago. and. You know, as a kid, you just, you know, the Wizard of Oz and all that crazy stuff, you know. And I'm not preaching on the wizard here today. But, um, (laughs) you know, it's the phrase that I'm interested in here. But that woman had five husbands. And she died when she was about 47 years old, committed suicide, overdose of barbiturates or something, you know. Just a horrible life. And, And, you know, she clicked her heels together. You remember that infamous immortalized you know, uh, wording, there's no place like home. There's no place like home. Well, I'm after the, you know, I'm interested in that little phrase right there, you know. And, of course, we speak here of the eternal course of our travel towards the celestial city. And the great Alpha and Omega, you know, the one who's instituted this, amen, has given us home and, and, and and you think about it. you know I I've traveled somewhat and traversed America you know and and y'all know what I'm talking about here always when you return to the old home place you know to the hood you know whatever and it, it's always something different you know some changes have taken hold and and you just don't recognize much about the old place amen you don't recognize much about the old home place or the neighborhood and it just isn't the same and. And, and, um, you know, one year I remember preaching in New Orleans for like 15 hours. We were out there. I mean, I'm walking around with a signboard and a banner. And I was younger then, you know, but, uh, that was pretty grueling. And you talk about a junkyard. You talk about just, you know, go through Mardi Gras and Bourbon Street and, and, and all that. And it's a nasty place, anyways, but, but, you know, canal, street, just everywhere, just completely trash. I mean, there's nothing here. Amen. There is nothing here. Yesterday was no different. You know, no different. Amen. And, and just as far as this, this prodigal kind of idea, you know, the hog pen, there ain't nothing out here where I'm in this slop, you know, just kind of, not maybe as a prodigal, lost in sin, but just as a pilgrim and a stranger looking at all the slop and being in the midst of it. And there's absolutely nothing that resembles our Father's house. Amen. And so truly we know the whole creation, and I quote here, groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits. Of the spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption, to wit, the redemption of our body. I mean that threefold groaning there. I'm thankful for the Holy Ghost that that it will intercede, Amen. There and make intercession for us with groanings that are unutterable. And and you know, you know, you just get weary of this place. Even so, Lord, come. It's kind of the cry of a heart, so it should be anyways. So the the you know, Genesis chapter one, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. The great Alpha, Genesis one and one. And then the great Omega. Amen. This final exhortation, and I saw a heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away. I'm glad. Because it needs to be passed away. It needs to be renovated with fire. Everything needs to be burned and deloused. And you know, if you can look at it that way, <laughs> it's got to be renovated by fire as promised. Amen. Nevertheless, Jesus promised, Amen, this place in John chapter 14. If it were not so, I would have told you. You can apply that candor of Christ everywhere. Across the Bible. If it were not so, I would have told you. I would have told you that. You know, I, I, I mean, I think that's just as plain as the nose on our faces here. Amen. He would have told us. He'll never lie to us. He'll never leave us. Never forsake us. I go to, to prepare a place. Amen. And if it were not so, I would have told you. Jesus never held back the blazing truth, did he? Never did he hold back. Amen. Here in our text, he never held back. Matthew 23, he never holds back. The blazing indignation there, you vipers, you generation of vipers, you fools, you blind guides, and on and on the rhetoric goes. you children of the devil, and on and on. In fact, children he uses to really bring out this idea of candor and the disposition of children. And, you know, they're going to just tell you everything they think, what's on their mind. You ever had that with your child? They're just honest. They're open. They're sincere. They're truthful. Amen. And perhaps Jesus said that in Matthew 18 and 3 for that reason. You will not enter the kingdom of God except you come as one of these children. Not childish, but childlike. Amen. And so, Jesus' candidness. Woman, woman, what have I to do with thee? Like he's forsaking his men. I mean, Matthew 10, I mean, is replete with the candid and the plan. If it were not so, I would have told you. He held nothing back, and the whole terrible truth has to be told, doesn't it? Nathaniel was a man, he, by way of example, he had no guile within him. You know, can anything good come out of Baton Rouge? No. You know? And that's true, I agree. The only saints out there were and my middle name is Patrick. Amen. Hallelujah. How about that? <laughs> so, you know, the the whole truth I you know, there's guile, no guile within Nathaniel. You know, can anything good come out of this place? You know? No duplicity in him. I mean, his candidness reduced the number of his followers. It reduces the number of his followers. In fact, so much the so amen that he told his disciples in John chapter 6 amen as he turned to them will you also go away he's not trying to sort of politicize everything and sort of you know blur the lines there he's just looking them in the face are y'all going to go away too and 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 that 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 idea we got to remember folks amen that people that once make an open commitment to Christ, amen, people then revert back. They tasted, they smelled. I know you've heard this before, but you hear hearing it again, amen. You revert back, amen. You've go, you, you've tasted, you smelled, you, uh, you, you knew, in other words, your senses, you partook, everything about you, your spirit, soul, mind, everything in Hebrews chapter 6 in verse Peter 2, make this abundantly clear. Amen. It's difficult at best. Little can be said to people that change their minds. They choose to burn their bridges. Amen. They went back, Jesus said. Or oh, the Scripture said. They went back. And there's no intention of continuing. That's what it means. We're not... Sorry, Jesus, we can't handle this. This is offensive to us. We It's too hard. I can't bear it. This is too hard of a saying. And so it, it's it's very, very important at this point, amen, whenever, you know, we're going to make this decision to go on for Jesus, we've got to resolve in our hearts, amen, irrespective of what's going on around us. And in fact, um, you know, sometimes as I look about me, it's been, you know, it's been quite a journey, hasn't it? Sixty-one. I'll be sixty-two coming September, and and some of you have had birthdays and and all, and you've had a journey, short, long, in between, whatever it may be. Amen. And we've all have journey experiences, don't we? Amen. Sometimes it's a lonely journey. Sometimes it's a sweet journey. A lot of times it's just few days and full of trouble. That's what he told or Job spoke there. Amen. In 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 11, he said, Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against against the soul. A stranger and a pilgrim. The journey of a stranger and a pilgrim. Yet looking... Amen. By faith for the city and the maker or that city and whose maker is God. And I'll quote the verse here. In Hebrews 10 and 11, it speaks of Abraham, for he looked for a city which hath foundations whose builder and maker is God. There's a price to pay to make it there, isn't there? There's a price to pay. Friends and family are going to leave you and I, amen. Family is going to be, you know, divided. Friends are going to leave who you thought were friends. And and we could go on and on and on. Again, Matthew 10, if you're interested, you can see Matthew 10 for details, amen. Eventually, as it was in my life, amen, and perhaps some of yours, amen, I had really no home to return to as a young Christian. My family has, you know, has changed. And and, and my address has changed. And really, it changed when I got born again around about 1981. A pretty good... Ways to go. Amen. The quest for God, folks, is and involves not only being forsaken except by the Lord, but also forsaking all. The eternal journey in this eternal journey that we're on, we're going to adopt a new family, a new home, and and a new address. Amen. We're going to have that every believer in Hebrews chapter number 11 knew this. They knew the price. Amen. And they were willing, amen, to suffer with God and go through, amen, all that they went through. Again, for details, read Hebrews 11. Amen. In Revelation 22 and 14, blessed are they. You see the price here. Blessed are they which do His commandments. Not the rhetoric we've got in the political world today. Yeah, we're gonna, yeah, we'll hit, yeah, we'll hit, yeah, NATO, on and on and on. All the lies, all the corruption, all the, you know, the political stage mongering and the, if that's a word, you know, and all the positioning and the, and everything that goes along with that. No, no, no. He said, blessed are they which do his commandments. That they may have right to the tree of life and may enter in through, not over, not around, but through the gates into the city. Not just any city, not just a city, but that city, the city, the city. Get it? All right. And so requirements are there to enter in. And there's a whole lot of things that are going to be between you and me, amen, in this journey by by the time we get there. And so our beginning to our end, our Alpha and our Omega, our starting point, our turning point, and finally our ending point, amen, as pilgrims and strangers, as aliens of the commonwealth, you know, of Israel, you can read that. I mean, there, as, I remember, brother, I think it was brother Clendeni, you know, the aliens are looking for aliens out there. Well, we're among them. I mean, here we are. Amen. So as, as pilgrims and strangers and aliens, amen, you know, estranged from this world, amen, crucified to the world and the world crucified to me, amen, trotting as pilgrim did in pilgrim's progress. Amen. Through all the sloughs of Despond and all the doubting castles. And finally, amen, faithful to Christ, crossing over that river. And so, direction is important, isn't it? Direction is important. It should have, in fact... More emphasis in our lives now than it ever has. Amen. I remember uh, I was out hunting way up in Maine one time and I I got turned around. I mean I got turned around. I, I what what Daniel Boone and Crockett said, I got just never got lost. I just get a mite disoriented, you know. <laughs> I got disoriented and, and, um, I got separated and I got, you know, moving along and, and, and I finally walked out and I got back to the area. They had a search party looking for me, but it all worked out great, you know. But if I'd have turned to the north, just one iota, if I'd have started moving that way, I'd have been in a heap of trouble. Direction is very critical. The way of man is not in himself. Amen. It is not in man to direct his steps, the great prophet wrote. Amen. And so this is the resolve that we have to have. We've got to keep our hearts fixed. We've got to keep our affections on things above and not on things down here below. Yet, many people have what we would call this sort of dual orientation. Hmm. People start in one direction... And before they know it, they're heading in a completely different direction. Theologically, they're facing God. And actively, they're serving the world and Dagon. Amen. In Pilgrim's Progress, amen, there was a man by the name of Mr. Facing Both Ways. you remember him? He was a fence-sitter. He, he was always wanting the best of both worlds. And, and, and he had a foot in one camp... And a foot in the other camp, amen. And that is an entirely, in fact, I saw a video of this car they designed back in 20 or 30s, you know, it was a Model T or Model A or something like that. And, and they showed this automobile. It, it it had, it had two steering wheels in it, two drivers, one facing this way and one facing that way. And, and, you know, instead of four wheels and all, but that thing could go in forward and reverse ever which way you wanted to go. it would turn this way, come back around this way, you know. Some fellow was trying to cross the street. You know, he'd, they'd back up and he'd run out of the way, you know, in the little video there. And, 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 and there's a great big problem with that. You can't serve two masters. You've got to choose this day whom you're going to serve all the time. Always we've got Mr. Facing Both Ways, amen, had a big problem. You've got to avoid that kind of thing. Amen. There was a teacher... I remember in a Sunday school, the story here, amen, she was telling the story of Lazarus and the rich man in Luke chapter 16. And in graphic detail, she described, you know, where Lazarus was sitting outside the gate, his sores, and, 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 and the rich man, you know, completely ignoring him. And both of them died. One went to heaven, one went to hell. And you know the story, amen, and the truth there. And then she finally asked the question, now, which... Um, would you rather be Lazarus or the rich man? And one young lad chimed in and he said, I would like to be the rich man until I die, and then Lazarus afterwards. Mr. Facing both ways. You know, it's like uh, the weather vanes. The weather vanes out there. Amen. You turn it to the wind Amen, and that thing just gets goes whatever which direction it's blowing, you know just take some grass and i 'll go that way you know and put, put you know and that 's how people are like 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 you know water you know it, 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 depending on the temperature you know i 'll boil or i 'll freeze, you know whatever the temperature is you know and Frogs, you know, frogs can live on land and they can live in water, can't they? And and I can just sort of adjust myself and kind of, you know, I'm not real particular about which it is. A snake, you know, they can live in the water. Some are water, you know, some are on land, you know, and, and, and some are, it just depends. But I can adapt myself to my surroundings. I'll just, adopt, you know, sort of accommodate myself to my surroundings. And James warns us about this. He said that a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways, every bit of it. They're so, you know, people get so they're so good-natured. They've got this get-alongism. You know, you need to be careful about that kind of thing. The get-alongism—they agree with everybody, and and you know, their their cousins. Um, to Mister Anything, you remember Mister Anything in 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 the Pilgrim's Progress? It's whatever goes. You know, I'm okay, and 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 their brains are in someone else's head, hmm. And, and they have no backbone of their own, and, and they're easily bent and swayed and persuaded and moved. It doesn't take just a little nudge, Amen. And so, beware of those who come from another town, amen, the town of deceit. You remember the town of deceit over there in the pilgrim's progress, amen. Mr. Facing Both Ways, amen. Mr. Fair Speech, Mr. Two-Tongues. Mm-hmm. You speak them with porked tongue. You see, they're neighbors, and they are cruel, And Jesus gave grave warnings of all of this. Hypocrites are abominable. They try to cheat God, and they'll cheat you too. Huh? Straight is the gate, and narrow is the way, which leadeth unto life. And few there be that find it, striving to enter into that straight gate. Many will seek to, but they will not be able to. And it's a strong word here, as in an athlete, the soldier on the battlefield. Amen. Panting of the breath. Every part of you is straining. And, and, and we have to understand that this is the striving is a, is a strong physical word here. There's labor involved. Enter at the straight gate. And the way that goes through the straight gate. Amen. Is a way that has limitations. It's not this wide, you know, allowing one to sort of wander at will. We don't wander on the straight and narrow way. You don't have that option to do that. Amen. That's the scripture. It's hedged in on both sides. And there are certain things that are prohibited, things that we cannot do, certain things that we must do, amen. We've got to resist the lure of the Broadway that's out there, those compelling crowds that are out there. You're doing it wrong. You know, you're unloving, and we've heard it over and over and over again, and it pounds on our minds and our heart. Well, maybe, you know, people think, oh, I just need to kind of back up a little on this. And you don't need to be doing that. That's the recipe for danger and backsliding. Conflict. You can't cut the cocoon out of that thing there or whatever's in the cocoon there, you know. You can't do that, amen. The struggle is necessary, amen, Pour that creature in there. And many people fall victim to this and they want something for nothing. They're easily duped. They're easily deceived. Amen? All the time. It's best to be honest, isn't it? You don't have a clock in here, but that clock has a face, and that clock has hands on it, doesn't it? And that tells you what's going on in the inside. Hmm? The face and the hand on that clock. It tells you what's ticking on the inside and wavering. Inconsistency is a recipe for a shipwreck. That's what James said. You've got this ocean of waves going on out there. And I've seen it out there. It's erratic. It's chaotic. Amen. It tosses you to and fro. You see, the point is here direction is important. With purpose of heart, we have got to cleave unto the Lord. We've got to cleave. Tis the set of the sails, one poet wrote. And not the gales which tell us the way to go. It ain't the set of that sail, amen, or or rather is the set of the sail, and not the wind that's blowing. If you sailed at all, you can tack in, amen, with an offshore breeze. You can get into port with an offshore breeze. It's It's. you just got to set your sail right. And you can make it to heaven if you set your sail right. Amen. You can make it all the way if you tack properly. Right here is the course we need to take. Amen. And if we don't take this course right here, you're going to end up in hell. I mean, there's no other option. We've got to tack right. We've got to be sure. Amen. We set our sail in the will of God. The will of the Lord, amen. And we'll have to move in the right direction toward heaven no matter which way that wind is a-blowing, amen. Maybe 2 Corinthians chapter 6 can sort of illustrate the importance of directing our vessel to home port. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? What communion hath light with darkness? And what concord hath Christ with Belial? Or what part hath he with, that believeth with an infidel? Or what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? Unequally yoked. Amen. You can't, you can't be yoked with someone. That's not a believer. A Christian. Born again. I don't care how talented they are. Pretty, Handsome. Whatever. Don't be unequally yoked, and that's just just concerning marriage. That's concerning like your spiritual life, especially. You can't be yoking with people that are Calvinists or Antinomians, or and all. We're, we're acquaintances with them, and that's as far as it goes. That's as far as it has to go because generally, what's going to happen is they want you to come their way. They want you to get on on board with them. They don't want the, they want you to be yoked with them. All the time, but he said, "Don't be unequally yoked." Amen. What fellowship? You can't have fellowship with this stuff. Amen. What communion? You can't have communion with it. No concord. No part to do with it. Amen. And what agreement? You say we should just be, you know, not. No. Is is the word? Um, oh, I forgot that word. Where you're a people person. Uh, what is it? Gregarious. Who said that? Okay. Thank you, Brother Charlie. I figured it was him. Just coming back there. Gregarious. I was going to egregious. That's not agree. We're, we're not an egregious people. We're a gregarious people. Okay. We need to be gregarious and not egregious. Okay. Remember that. We need to be people people. We need to talk to people. We have to be in this world. We can't just think, oh, I'm in with them bunch of slobs, you know, because they're going to, and all this, you know, don't. Don't have that attitude. I mean, I think Jonah learned his lesson there, you know, and God fixed him. You know, as wicked as it was out there yesterday, God, we want God to have mercy on people. I mean, He had mercy on you and me. Right, man? Remember where you came from. Your alpha. Your turning point. And the place you're headed for now, amen? You should be. And so it's important, amen, for us, amen, not to be these things at the same time. Well, Jesus ate with sinners, you know, and, well, I know that, duh. But he, he didn't, you know, uh, sanction what they were doing. You know, all the time, the twisting and the, you know, you're unloving. Well, I tell him, look, I'm doing what Jesus did. I'm hanging out with you bunch of whores and whoremongers and drunks out here today. I'm doing exactly what Jesus did. And y'all have admitted to all this today. We ought to be out there in the darkness. We're not to feel like we're going to, you know, we're just going to get polluted. You know, something's going to happen. And people, I said, well, you stay at the house. You got a bad temper. You don't need to be out. I don't don't need to go to jail because of you. You acted dumb, you know, and 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 balled up your fist and knocked one of these sodomites upside the head. That ain't how it works. You got to turn the other cheek. You see what we're saying here? That's that's the right road. That's the straight and narrow road, isn't it? Huh? The lesson and the moral is painfully obvious here. Many churches are filled with the half converted. They are stuck in Romans 7. They want to be saved, huh? But not turning fully to God. I don't want to turn fully to God, and you can't get to heaven that way. And so what do pastors do? What do moms do and dads do and people do and... You know, friends do, and all whatever you want to plug in there. Amen. They reason foolishly. It's better for them to be halfway in than halfway out, or all the way out. You know, let's make a compromise here. And that's where apostasy begins. Wrong direction. They really believe that God grades on the curve. They really believe that. People believe that God, people really think that God's going to overlook their duplicity, their double standard, and he said, you try to come up some other way, you're a thief and a robber. That's what he said. I mean, whatever it may be. And so, you know, I I remember this story. I I found, I found these stories, of of a man, he was at the pearly gates there, and maybe you've heard this one, but, you know, St. Peter asked him, you know, have you ever done anything of particular merit? And the man says, you know, standing there, Well, I can think of one thing. Once I came upon a gang of, you know, high testosterone bikers. And, and they were threatening this young woman. And, and, and I approached them and I, I directed them, You know, you need to leave her alone. But they wouldn't. So I approached, he said, The largest, most heavily tattooed biker. I smacked him upside the head. I kicked his bike over. I ripped his nose ring out of his nose. I threw it to the ground and told him, listen, you let her alone now or you're going to answer to me. And so see, see, Peter's down there, pretty impressed, you know. He said, when did this happen? He said, just a few minutes ago. Um, God doesn't grade on the curve. <laughs> he, you know, kicking bikes down and ripping nose rings out. <laughs> the Bible says two times in Proverbs 14 and 16, There is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Twice. You can read it there. Same wording. And the man and our illustration here, is not so scarce a feller after all, is he? In fact, multitudes from false religions of the world, we could go right down the list of humanists, all the way to apostate apostate Christianity. They expect to enter into the kingdom of God. John chapter three makes it abundantly clear. Amen. Except you are born again, you will not see nor enter the kingdom of God. They which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. And on and on it goes. Amen. But we read in Acts chapter 14 and verse 22. And that we must through much tribulation, much tribulation, enter into the kingdom of God. This is galling to most people in It's where the rubber meets the road, amen, in our Christian life, amen. Entering into the kingdom of God, we've got to go through much tribulation. And indeed, we are to labor to enter into that rest, are we not? You see, our text here talks about night no more in our text. It indicates that there will be some nights in our lifetime. And there shall be night, or let me get it right, and there shall be no night there. And that implies, amen, you're going to pass through, you know, for sure the valley of the shadow of death. There are going to be a lot of nights, amen, in your life. And there's a lot of nights in the Bible, in fact. By night, Egypt was doomed. Israel was delivered. By night, Jacob is struggling with the angel of the Lord at Jabok. By night, we read the handwriting on the wall, and Belshazzar, amen, is slain by the revelers. By night, we hear the lion roaring, and Daniel is delivered. By night, we see Peter on out into the night, amen, going off to weep bitterly. By night, we see the doom of Saul in a cave, having visited with the witch of Endor, and ultimately he's committing suicide. By night, we see a ship crashing, amen, knocked about by the waves and onto the rocks, amen, with Paul and 276 passengers on board under the rocks of Malta. By night, we see Jesus in a storm. We see Jesus at Gethsemane, praying as he is betrayed by Judas, who went off That evening, into the night, and committed suicide by hanging. There's a lot of nights in the Bible. Many more in precept and example. uh, Too many to list here uh, for the sake of time, of course. Amen. But that's all finished now. That's all finished according to the text. It says, night, no more. Revelation 22 and 5. There's a sea of glass there. There's a great white throne there. There are 24 elders, amen, there. There's a host, amen, of believers crying and singing out, holy, 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 in this great big hallelujah. Chorus. There's twelve gates of pearl. There's a river of life with the tree of life there. There's twelve manner of fruit. Amen. And on and on it goes is the vivid description of this place called heaven. Amen. But the final thing we have to note this, how that was said of this, this heavenly city, this city that's built four square. It says there shall be no night there. No more night there. Someone can shout right now. (laughs) They wish for the day in Acts 27. Isn't that been the history of man? Wishing for the day. Wishing for the light. When will we see the light at the end of this tunnel? Amen, in our lives. When will this all end? When will the troubles and trials and the difficulties? I've fought a good fight. I've kept the faith. I've stayed on course and stayed the course. But the Bible says there will be no night there. No more pain there. No more pain. No more pain. pain, Brother Bob. No more pain, Brother Britt. Especially you older dudes. It's me. Getting older. My wife and I, we got the Rice Krispies disease. You get out of the bed, all you hear is snap, crackle, and pop. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about, right? One more pain there. You know, deep questions arise. As to how God allows this pain and suffering, I look at the pictures of the Ukraine. I wonder how Brother Vasily's doing, or Brother Vanya. How is Brother Valeri doing? Brother Vadim, Brother Igor, Brother Stasik. How are they doing, Brother Oleg? And the pictures. It's just, Lord, why? You know, we could go on the deep questions. And but, the God of all the universe, Amen. The Scripture says the judge of all the universe, yea, will he not do right? He will. We'll understand it better by and by. I don't understand it. If you do, please tell me. But my ways are not His. And your ways are not His. And we just don't know some things and we're just better off not knowing some stuff until we get up over there. We'll understand it better by and by. That sounds a little ridnecky, but that's just how it is. It's not a cop-out. It's not saying I don't want to know. It's just I question. There are deep questions, amen? We wonder why all of this pain, all this suffering, but he's going to do right. He will do right. What's wrong with the children of Israel dashing the babies against the stone? Is it wrong in every case? Said Doug Wilson to Dan Barker. Hmm. Yeah, that's horrible. We don't abort children. We don't take children, and you know, understandably, amen. But God is in charge. He's ultimately in charge, and I'm not saying that that you know, pain and suffering come with all of that. We we we've, we've lost some children. Some of you have lost children. You know, we got children out lost. We we lost young in in in, in childbirth what I'm saying. And, and all the pain and all of that that goes on. The Scripture says, Sorrow is better than laughter. For by the sadness of the countenance, the heart is made better. Right? That's good. Sadness is better than, than laughter. It's okay to laugh, though. No problem. But we got to, you know, let your laughter be turned to mourning. There's times we got to really think about some stuff and really just get along with God and and, and say, God, will you please help me here? You see, the heart will be made better through the sadness of the countenance. Well, what's wrong with you? You're always sad. Hang your head down. Well, uh, you know, I'm not some psychotic or something or some emotional basket case. I'm just thinking about God. I'm thinking about some of this stuff that's real serious. You know, sober-minded. See, pain. No more of that. What does pain do? It makes men, you know, think of God. It, or it should. You see, pain makes men appeal to God. You know, as a believer, a Christian, amen, true saving faith, amen, amen. You see, what's going to happen is what we wish and hope for here is going to become a reality over there. We're hoping for that and wishing for that here, but it will be reality there. There'll be no night there because there'll be no more sorrow. No more sorrow. God shall wipe away all the tears from their eyes. And the man of sorrows, who is Christ himself, is touched with the feeling of our infirmities, isn't he? Jesus wept. Jesus wept. That kind of covers everything. You know, in two words, Jesus knows all about our trouble. He knows all about it. That covers everything in the Bible to our lives here in time. And then sorrow is going to be gone over there. There will be no more sorrow of heart, no more sorrow of spirit. All these former things are going to be gone. They're going to be passed away. There'll be no night there because there'll be no more sin there. Finally, as I wrap up here. No more curse. The long reign of sin has completely ended. No more. The wolf will dwell with the lamb. And the leopard shall lie down with the kid. And a little child, the Bible says, shall lead them. And even the snake, you know, the adders, they'll play at the mouth, the hole of the adder. And, 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 and I've seen the pictures, you know, little baby sitting there and a snake right there, not coiled up, no problem, you know. I mean, that's kind of hard to fathom. But it's in the Bible. It's in the Bible. Most critical of all. And there shall in no wise enter into it anything that defileth neither whatsoever worketh abomination or maketh a lie, but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. You see, for without, he goes on to say in Revelation 22, for without, that means outside the gate, are dogs, sorcerers, and whoremongers, and murderers, and idolaters, and whosoever loveth and maketh a lie. You see, when we arrive in heaven and we begin to stroll down those streets of gold, down those avenues, you've heard the songs, nothing wrong with that, amen. We see that river of, you know, living waters, that water of life, amen, there flowing. The gates of pearl and music like we have never heard before, 10,000 times 10,000 singing. And they're not going to be singing rap, rock, or country western. Especially rap. Amen. That's going to be a part, you know, a part of the chorus. It's going to be maybe something like this. You know, oh, o death, where is thy sting? Oh, grave, where is thy victory? Huh? We'll know what that means then. No funerals. No crying. No death. No grave will have arrived in that country. No more sin. The pale horse that went through the earth, slaughtering from creation from the onset, with hell in his train, and the authority to kill with the sword and famine by the wild beasts of the earth will be no more. No more. No more night. No more night of sin. No more night of death. No more night of pain. No more night of sorrow. No more tears. No more need to go to Berkeley, Florida State, or SLU. We shall see his face. And his name will be in our foreheads. The Lord will give us the light. That's what the Lord will do. There'll be no security lights there. No candles. The Bible says that. Jesus will be the light. And here's the good thing about it. If it were not so, I would have told you. You know, we preach on hell, sin, on and on. We need to remember sometimes, you know. Be reminded. There's an end to this journey. This thing's going to come into port one day. We're going to land. Amen. On that beautiful shore. And he said, If it were not so, I would have told you. These sayings are faithful and true. And multitudes are going to be there from every nation, every tongue, every kindred, and every people. Huh? One race, right, Brother Charlie? One race. And they're going to be there from Africa, Asia, India, South America. Even America, they're going to be there. Amen. I want to finish reading here, but I'm going to read in Revelation 21 to close. But I recall the story of a girl that was on a plane reading a Bible. Maybe you heard this one. I don't know. Well, that businessman was sitting alongside of her, you know, and Saw she was reading. He was reading she was reading her Bible and and and, and he, you know, he said, you know, you don't really believe all that stuff that's in the Bible, do you? She said, Well, yes, I do. And, you know, he went on, you know, you really believe that the whale swallowed Jonah and all that? She said, Well, it was actually a big fish, but yes, I do. And, you know, okay, you do you, I mean, you don't really believe that he's in heaven, do you? And she said, well, yes, of course, and I, I, I do. And I plan on going there someday, and I plan on meeting him with a host of others there. And so the businessman said, well, what if he isn't there? And she said, well, then you can meet him. Lord, I want to go to heaven. Hell is an awful, awful place. Finally here in reading, Revelation 21. Come on, Brother Micah. I asked him to sing Beulah Land before I come in. and I didn't know y'all had all this planned, these songs and all this, you know. God knows, doesn't he? It's good to be a follower of Jesus. Verse 22, I'll close here. And I saw no temple therein, of, of, of 21, Revelation twenty-one, twenty-two. And I saw no temple therein, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple of it. And the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon, to shine in it. For the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. And the nations of them which are saved shall walk in the light of it. And the kings of the earth do bring their glory and honor into it. There's going to be some kings there, I guess. Some leaders, you know, some people that... However that works out there. And it says, And the gates of it shall not be shut at all by day, for there shall be no night there. And they shall bring the glory and honor of the nations into it. You want to go there? I want to go there. I don't want to miss this. Ain't nothing worth going to hell, going to hell over. Not one thing.
1: Amen. I'm kind of Oh
0: stand and sing it together. I think that would be appropriate. To
1: which I never, never been before no sad goodbye
0: Worship God here. Worship him. Will
1: for time oh man. mean it here to worship Him, love Him. Oh, I'm looking now to cross
0: that river. Oh, that chilly Jordan, we'll cross it.
1: Thank God. To where my
2: Hallelujah. There is an end. As we follow Jesus, we can be with him in eternity. Praise God. Aren't you encouraged? Hallelujah. Praise God. Good preaching. You ought to be able to write down in your Bible, you heard Brother Matt preach on heaven. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> that's a that's a memorial day there. Hallelujah. Reminds me of a story that Brother Mark Sweeney told me. He said he, you know, he grew up in that old time way. Amen. And those preachers would preach hell hot and heavy. And he said it was like uh, those disciples on the road to Ephesus that Paul met, and said whether they had heard of the Holy Ghost. And they said we have not so much. Heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. And he said he didn't hear of heaven until he was about 14. He said he didn't even know there was a heaven. Amen. He knew there was a hell. Hallelujah. But heaven's in the Bible. Praise God. Amen. Thank God. He's gone to prepare a place for us. Hallelujah. We're going to dismiss. uh, Have a fellowship meal directly after service here. Sister Brenda's, you're all invited. Amen. Brother Brian, would you pray?